I'm so thankful for the church. I mean that. I, but the elder, I sat up here tonight and watched you lead service and watched you encourage people. Now, I, I sat there with an appreciation. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. Verse number 5, And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, and Amorites, and Perizzites, and Hivites, and Jebusites. In other words, the children of Israel just dwelt among a bunch of devils. Heathens. And they took their daughters to be their wives and gave their daughters to be their sons and served their gods. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam in the groves. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hand of, we're just going to call this guy Chushan, a knight that's good enough for me, king of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served Chushan, Rishath, eight years and when the children of Israel I want you to notice this verse when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord everybody said cried unto the Lord the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them even Othniel the son of Kenaz which was Caleb's younger brother and the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel and went out to war the part of this chapter that I want or this passage that I want you to really pay attention to for the next few moments and it's not going to take me long tonight to preach is the passage when the Bible says and when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord the Lord sent unto them or raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel. You may be seated. In Ecclesiastes, we can read in a passage of Scripture that many people like to sing from and read from. I remember even time that I wasn't living for the Lord. The world had got a hold of some of the Word of God and sang the old song, Turn, Turn, Turn. Uh, there's a season and a time for everything under the heavens. The scripture allows us to understand that there's a time to be born, there is a time to die. There's a time to plant, there's a time to pluck up that which is planted. There's a time to be merry, there is a time to mourn. There's a time to get married, there's a time to be married. And there's a time to stay married. There's a time to go to sleep. There's a time to wake up. There's a time to eat. There's a time to fast. There's, there's a time to, to drink. There's a time to refrain from drinking. And the Bible teaches us there's also a time to mourn and a time to refrain from mourning. There's a time to cry. There's a time to refrain from crying. Brother Elder tonight stood in this pulpit and said some things I believe in the Holy Ghost. When a couple of times tonight he admonished this church, come on church, let's cry out to God. I stood there and said, God, 
I know for a fact exactly what you are dealing in my heart about tonight and what you have been talking to me about this day. When again he came back in a few more minutes and said, Come on church, let's cry out unto the Lord. The Bible teaches us there is a time to cry. There, there is a time for us to learn that precious and often neglected art of dragging our soul to the altar of God and opening up the floodgates of our emotions and saying, God, I do not care who hears me, who sees me. I do not care what kind of a commotion that I make. I am in earnest and in agony in my soul as I approach the throne of God tonight. I want to preach to you tonight that one of the most neglected uh, privileges that we as the children of God ever take a few minutes to look at is what I want to preach to you about tonight. And that is your privilege to cry. I want to preach to men in this building tonight. I want to preach to women. I want to preach to young people under the sound of my voice tonight who sometimes think that in the kingdom of God our greatest privileges are those of running and dancing and shouting and screaming and talking in tongues and rolling in the aisle. I am here to preach to you tonight that there is a privilege that we need to take a look at again in Pentecost. And that is a God-given privilege that every one of us learn how to drag our wounded, hurting soul unto the altar of God and exercise our privilege to cry out unto God because I'm here to tell you tonight that God will hear you. I want to preach to somebody and to a bunch of somebodies in this building that when you're singing won't get the job done and when you've run until your legs are weary and you've danced until you've almost forgotten what it was for why you've been dancing. I want to preach to you tonight that there is an avenue in the spirit that I believe the Holy Ghost is open to you and I tonight that God somehow wants somebody. My, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight to walk inside tonight and that is the privilege that God has placed within the confines of his church for people that need to get a hold of God when words fail them when the song can no longer be sung when there's no longer a dance in the step and their legs won't bear them one more time around the aisle I want to preach to you tonight there is awesome power in the ability of an individual to bear their soul to God and say oh my God I need the ministry of your spirit to move and to work inside my life tonight I read in the book of Exodus in the second chapter a most beautiful story how that the mother of Moses seeing that this young child was a goodly child she hid him in the bulrushes there on the river it so happened that Pharaoh's daughter went to the riverside. The Bible says there among the flags and the lilies, she began to bathe herself as her handmaidens gathered about her. The different nurses there that attended unto the welfare of the Pharaoh's daughter. Perched upon a hill close by was the nervous, frail figure of a young woman by the name of Miriam to whom had been placed a, a very, very 
important and, and heavily responsible uh, job that had been commissioned by her mother. And her mother sent her out there and said, Hey, Miriam, whatever you do, better make sure that Moses remains quiet and that everything is fine there as he nestles among the flags of the river. For all of you tonight are aware of the story how that the king there, the pharaoh of Egypt, he wanted to do his best to try, to try and thwart the plan of God by destroying all of the Hebrew male children in order to somehow pervert and destroy the seed of the promise and the lineage of the Messiah that was to come. But God in his infinite wisdom, he placed it in the hands of a mother and placed it inside the little body of a baby boy by the name of Moses. And hope rocked among the flags. The link that was going to perpetuate the lineage of Jesus Christ. It was nestled safely there upon the water, uh, cradled in an ark of bulrushes. And there the Bible teaches us that Miriam watched that little ark as it would rock. And the waves of the river would rock little Moses to sleep. I don't know exactly what happened. What happened? The scripture does not go into explicit detail to give us all of the ramifications of the story. But the scripture does teach us in that second chapter that as Pharaoh's daughter bathed herself in the river, that mechanism, that certain something that God placed within the bosom of mankind, that certain simple mechanism that transcends ethnicity and transcends social and economic stratus, that, that certain something, that, that mechanism called a cry that goes far uh, deeper than skin color or hair texture or uh, language of the tongue. That, that, that mechanism that God has placed and crafted so beautifully inside its humanity. The Bible teaches us that as she bathed in the water, that little baby Moses he began to cry. And the scripture says when his little uh, lips were parted and that cry came forth, that it reached the ears of Pharaoh's daughter. You have got to understand this was the daughter of the man who was slaughtering Hebrew babies wholesale. This was the daughter of the man who was putting to death beneath the hobnailed shoes of his infantrymen. They were stamping life out of the out of Hebrew baby boys as they died in the streets. But because of the mechanism that God has placed within humanity, that cry got past all of the defense mechanism of Pharaoh's daughter. And when she heard that infant cry compassion begin to well up in her spirit and she said run and fetch that baby unto me and when she looked down upon him something happened because of the cry of an infant that allowed little baby Moses to be spared 
I am here to tell you tonight. I know that it was the hand of God. And I know that it was the plan of God. And I know that it was the design of God. But at the same time, the human mechanism of crying played a very integral and important part of that situation that day. And because Moses cried, ultimately all of Israel was delivered out of the bondage of the hand of the Egyptians because of the cry of one little infant who solicited compassion on one who could give compassion. You can read with me tonight and scratch your head and wonder why in God's name did Israel stay so long in the bondage of Egypt. I've thought so many times, Brother Elder, my God, why? Why did it take four hundred long years for Israel to open its mouth and begin to cry against its oppressor for God to send a deliverer. I want to tell you tonight, you can read in the third chapter of the book of Exodus, that when Israel began to cry, God got an action and said, I have heard the cry of my people. And that's when God began to tell Moses, you better go into Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Brother Elder, I don't know how many mornings they woke up to curse their adversary. I don't know how many mornings Israel woke up in the bondage of the Egyptians and cursed the day that they were born. No doubt they rolled out of the rack, Brother Bill. Their back was bloody. Their back was tore up because of the whips of the oppressor yesterday who made them make bricks out of mud and clay and straw only for them to recognize today's going to spit on me again. Today's going to beat my pack again. And they'd haul their carcass out there to work stomping down mud and straw only to make the bricks for the Egyptians. How long they talked against them. How long they conspired how to escape. I don't know. But somehow somebody did it some 400 years after they'd been in bondage. The light clicked on on somebody's mind. Hey, why don't we cry out to Jehovah and maybe God will hear us. And the Bible said that God heard the cry of his people in Egypt. And he said, Moses, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh I just heard the cry of my babies. And I'm here to tell you, you better let them go. I am preaching to some people tonight. I believe the Holy Ghost wants to talk to somebody. There's people here tonight that God wants to extricate and deliver you from their troubles. But you're going to have to learn to exercise a privilege that's been locked up inside your heart. And that privilege is to lift your hands and open your mouth and to say, oh God, I need the deliverer to deal in my spirit tonight. Let's love the Lord together right now. Would you love him? Would you love him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to learn to put our pride aside. We need to learn to pray past our little prayers. 
We need to learn to weep till we weep past our little salty tears and we allow our soul to begin to convulse. I am here to tell you tonight if you don't know what it is to bury your face in an altar and sob and cry and travail until your sides hurt and your chest feels like you've been run over, you don't know a privilege that you are living beneath. You don't know a blessing that you're missing out in. Oh, I love to run. I love to dance. I love to shout and talk in tongues but brother elder there ain't nothing in God's world that I love anymore nothing can equate nothing can compare to the times that I can be drawn into the hour of prayer shut up in a closet somewhere and pour my soul out at the feet of God and say oh God I just feel like pouring my soul out to you I'm here to tell you friend if you've never known what it is to wrap your arms around Calvary and hold an old rugged cross and weep your way to victory. I'm here to tell you tonight, God's wanting to hear the cry of people in this building tonight. And if somehow he can hear you, he's going to deliver you before you leave this house tonight. James teaches us the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. I remember when both of my children were, were born and they were, we had our babies close. We had them close. Christopher was, was born nine months and three days after we got married. That's close. But it was righteous. And ten and a half weeks, or ten and a half months later, here's Joel. And I began to scratch my head and I said, baby, I ain't, I ain't used to this Cajun iced tea or whatever it is, but we got to do something. Brother Elder, I was working construction in those days. I was an iron worker. I worked several hundred feet in the air. I built bridges and big buildings and things like that. I was a connector. It was a very stressful job. I lost friends. I saw people fall. It was very dangerous. And uh, when I came home, I came home exhausted. I came home, my nerves were on edge. My wife will tell you. Just before I'd go to sleep, I'd, I'd, I'd kick and my arms would flail because I was so bound up in nerves, walking iron all day long. And, and um, on top of that, I had a roofing business. And I'd roof at night. I was stupid. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. I had lights out there up with the elders or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> roofing. <laughs> Work at night. Had big lights rigged up, making money. I'd go to sleep exhausted. I don't care how tired I was. There was something in the cutting, piercing, grating, unnerving, pestering, bothering mechanism of a crying baby. In the middle of a night, 
I couldn't sleep through it. I don't care how tired or dead to the world I was. There, there, there was there's a certain something. You can shut a hundred doors and you can be 40 walls away. But there is something that God has placed in the mechanics of, of humanity that that cry has a way of getting past the weariness, the tired bones and tissue, has a way of getting beneath a pillow, piercing through the covers. And I'd wake up and say, baby, honey, your baby's calling for you. And she'd say, he's just as much yours as he is mine. I'd say, yeah, but he's, he's saying mama. I said, can't you hear that? He's saying, mama. They don't never call dada until it's daylight. No. No, I, I got to confess here. We men, gotta, we got to do our share. We got to get up and rock them and walk them. I've done that. I, I have. I did it. I washed clothes today in the, in, the, in, the, in the washing machine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That don't make me a wimp. Anybody thinks I'm a wimp, just talk to my wife. She'll tell you I ain't a wimp. There's something about a cry. You ever... You married men ever take your wife one of those special times to a nice restaurant and the lights are dim and candles flickering and, you know, it's beautiful and piano's playing. Strings are playing in the background. You can hear the, the clink of, of crystal and eating off of china. And you better change that then, brother. You better fix it. And, you, and you're lost in one another's eyes. You wear glasses? Take them off. And, and, and everything's right. Everything's right. You've just had a nice meal. They've brought the dessert cart out. You're drinking a nice cup of coffee. You've just about unwound. You're feeling married again. You're in love, of, uh, in love again. Then all of a sudden, two tables behind you, some idiots have brought a baby. And that baby goes to screaming and throwing ketchup and spoons and crackers. That, that, that baby has a way of just shattering through everything that was there. And every head in that restaurant turns. Because that baby is letting everybody know, I don't care what's going on, feed me. I don't care who's here. I want some dry Levi's now. It don't have to say nothing. 
He does not have to know how to conjugate verbs or frame beautiful sentence structure together. It does not have to be eloquent. It does not have to know how to diagram sentences. All it has to say is, And everybody knows somebody help that kid now. I remember when my boys were young. We got brave enough and got rich enough to go to eat. I took my wife out and we were, we were sitting there, both of them in a high chair. And, and you know, we were acting like the proud parents, you know. And had them all dressed. I remember we used to dress them in them little Osh, Kosh, Bagosh overalls and little Levi's. and all. Oh man, they were dudes. It's sad what life does to you, ain't it, boy? <laughs> age, age is a thief, man. I'm telling you, it just messes you up. And uh, we were sitting there, and everything was going good until they started crying. Get one shut up, and the other one would start. Get that one start, stop, and the other one would start. Finally, we were in such a mess, we left. We, we got up. I told my wife, we ain't never going back to a restaurant again. Forget it. It's over with. I'm embarrassed, mortified, humiliated. Everybody's staring at us. The boys never said a word. They just, ah! I know right now this is a bit humorous, and I intend it to be that. I think you're getting my point. That, that cry has a way of, of piercing, of commanding instant attention, of commanding respect. I'm going to tell you something. President of the United States can be in that restaurant and a baby go to screaming. I promise you, that baby is going to command respect. It's going to get attention. It's going to get respect. Yeah. James chapter 5 says, The effectual, fervent prayer. Or if I could read it this way, from the original Greek, it reads the, the effective, dire, urgent utterance. Or, in other words, that, that fervent, desperate cry of a righteous man accounts for everything I want to tell you tonight that if you can learn to exercise a privilege that's in front of you right now the Holy Ghost is going to hear somebody tonight in 1 Samuel chapter 7 I read that Samuel cried unto the Lord and God answered him in 1 Kings chapter number 7, Elijah cried for the widow's son, and the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came unto him again, and he revived. In 2 Chronicles 13, we find how that Jeroboam had surrounded Judah, but the Bible says Judah cried. Men gave a shout. The priests sounded the trumpets, and as the men of God shouted, 
God smote Jeroboam and delivered Israel. Oh God, how many has been the time when words failed me. Mom, elder, I didn't know what else to sing. I didn't know what else to pray. And I would fall in a heap on the carpet and begin to cry out to God. And God would somehow hear me. I am preaching to somebody tonight who's allowed life to stuff your heart so deep. You've allowed time to stuff everything so deep inside of you that you forgot you've got a privilege to open up your heart tonight and cry. But I believe the Holy Ghost is saying if somebody would just cry out, there is a God in the heavens who wants to come to us tonight and help somebody inside the house of God. David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. And then David goes on and said, This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. I am preaching to you tonight a very simple little message. But oh, there is such power in it. If you'll let it get a hold of your heart tonight, God wants to bring deliverance once and for all for some people inside this house tonight but we're going to have to learn how to cry out it was not too long ago I counseled with a preacher's wife who poured her heart out to me and said I just can't take it anymore I heard her talk to me. I was doing my best to give encouragement and give support. She says, I'm not wanting to leave my husband because I don't love him. I'm not wanting to leave my family, not because I don't love them. But the pressures of life are just getting to me. It seems like I cannot take it anymore. I want to preach to you tonight what David said. David said, hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from my enemy. I'm telling you tonight, when life seems like it's drowning you and your pressures are insurmountable and you've worked all week long and you've had to put up with everything, learn to walk through those doors and say, Oh God, from the ends of the earth will I cry unto you. And when life is washing over me like the waves of a storm lead me to the rock that is higher than I am oh God revive inside Pentecost the old attitude of rock of ages clear for me let me hide my face in thee I'm here to tell you tonight child of God you don't have to be a preacher you don't have to be a singer you don't have to have talent or ability all you need to learn how to do is open up your mouth and say oh God I don't even know what to say but my heart God is overwhelmed and I feel like crying unto God. For too long, I think some of us have been too guilty of pushing off some precious people's feelings by just telling them, well, all you need to do is go pray through. It was times... In my pastoring of people, I recognized after I'd given them that counsel, that wasn't what they needed. And God would chastise me 
get me to understand you prayed this woman through she's brand new in the church you're telling her she needs to pray through but you don't know the life she's lived you don't know what she's gone through okay, I'm going to be honest tonight Pentecost seated on Pentecostal pews are people who are victims of abuse sitting inside of around us and among us people that are going through all kind of situations and it's easy for us to sit on the pew and say they're backslidden they just need to go pray through when that's really not what their problem is some of them are struggling to keep their sanity struggling to keep their mind struggling to keep it all together but oh they cannot find a place where they can feel safe enough to say I'm not backslidden there's nothing wrong with me and God but you don't know I've been abused I've been hurt I've been devastated and my life is screaming at me I'm here to preach to you tonight church if we're going to reach our city if we're going to be effective in Hutchinson we're going to have to learn to build a safe place where people can walk through these doors and pour out their soul and say somebody just love me I'm in trouble hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. This poor man cried and God delivered him out of all of his troubles. I'm here to tell you tonight, when you're going through mental anguish and when you're going through the most devastating throes of life, you, you, you may be filled with abuse tonight and memories that scream at you. I'm here to tell you tonight, what you need to do is exercise a privilege you've never exercised before and drag yourself to an altar and say, God, tonight, I'm not here to run, dance, or talk in tongues. I just need to cry. I just I just need to pour my soul out to God. Hallelujah. I don't expect people to be running and dancing and jumping right now. I understand that. I know some of you are saying, I never heard this kind of preaching before. It's time you hear it. It's time you hear it. It's time we get honest. It's time we get honest. Hey, I've got the Holy Ghost. But there's times I wish I was a kid. Uh, there's times I wish I was a boy and I could run, jump in my mom's lap and say, Mom, just protect me from the garbage of this world. I don't want to wake up and see tomorrow. You don't have to admit it. I'll admit it for you. There's times, even being a preacher, Brother character, character, I think, my God, I wish I could just be a saint somewhere and sit on a pew and just help the man of God. I wish, God, I'd be the best saint that's ever been. I promise you, God, I'd raise my family the way, the way that the pastor would tell me to do and the way the Word of God teaches me. I'd give, I'd work and I mean every bit of it there's times I think oh God I don't feel like preaching tonight I want somebody to preach to me there's times I gotta get up in the pulpit and say come on my God let's have revival on and on and on when I feel like saying oh God I wish I could find Gethsemane I wish I could find an altar I wish I could find the garden and just weep my soul out and really let you touch me I got the times I walked out of my office when I pastored. I'd have to get in the pulpit and act like I was, we were going to have revival when just 20 minutes earlier a family just came inside my office. I had to deal with this kind of stuff where men were abusing their own daughters. And then those girls in our youth group were just supposed to just pray through and everything was going to be all right. 
You know what I'm talking about, Brother Elder. Homes messed up, marriages in trouble. Devils get in the church and, and mess up marriages and mess up lives. And then we just want to shout on past it and run on past it. I'm saying, hey, wait a minute. Let's get real. Sometimes a Holy Ghost runaway just ain't going to solve every hurt. Sometimes you can run a thousand miles an hour and you cannot run fast enough to get the anchor of pain out of your soul. Why can't we be real as apostolics and say, hey, ain't nothing wrong with me and my salvation, but oh God, just let me get to the altar. Just let me collapse in a heap. I just want to weep my way through to God. I'm preaching tonight about your privilege to cry. And I know it's even hard for some of us right now to really get real. It's hard for some of us right now to even reach through some of those doors we've had locked so long. We don't want nobody to know. We've tried to put it out of our mind. Hey friend, why don't we deal with it in honesty? Why don't we drag it out and drag it to an altar? Why don't we quit hiding it? Why don't we quit sitting on it? Why don't we quit just burying it on the pew? Why don't we quit fooling ourselves by thinking, well, the next revival is going to take care of it. Revival ain't going to take care of it. Only God can take care of it. And only you have the ability to open up your mouth and say hey God I need you to get in me tonight I got a pain that needs to be healed lift our hands and love him let's love him I'm begging you don't be afraid to cry tonight I am begging you tonight I don't care I don't care if you're eight foot tall I don't care, brother, if, you, you, if your shoulders are 54 inches across. Even you need to know how to break your spirit and let your guts be poured out on an altar and say, God, I need to weep. I need to talk to you. My soul needs to cry. I remember one of my boys, I forget which one it was, but one of them used to crawl up into his mom's lap or he'd crawl up in my lap and he'd say, Dad or Mom, he said, I feel to cry. I said, go ahead, baby. And I'd cry with him. Jacob cried for help in Genesis 32. Solomon cried for wisdom in 1 Kings 3. David cried for cleansing in 51 of Psalms. The thief cried for mercy in the 22nd chapter of Luke. The jailer cried for salvation in 16 of Acts. Paul cried for deliverance. I could go on and on and on tonight in 2 Corinthians. And I'm preaching to somebody tonight. You are a cry away from getting the attention of your deliverer. I am preaching to you tonight. There is no way. There is absolutely no way that a child can cry and its parents hear that cry and not respond to it. There is no way tonight that you cannot get honest with your soul and not reach the ears of God and God not come and minister to your need tonight. There is no way that you can bear your spirit and God hear the cry of your spirit and Him to ignore you and to go on by and just love somebody else. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. I'm preaching to some people. It's hard to get honest. It's hard to get real. It's hard to say even with the Holy Ghost, I've still got hang-ups. I'm here to tell you that's not sin. Nothing's wrong with that. That's life. Why don't we get honest? Why don't we face up to the fact? Why don't we admit and say, God, I'm crying out to you. And I promise you tonight, a deliverer is going to come and touch every heart of every individual that is here tonight. Let's love him together. Would you help me love him? Would you help me love him? Would you help me love him? 
Give ear to my words, O oh Lord. Consider my meditations. Hearken in the voice of my cry. My King, my God, unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O oh Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. And will look up. Hear my cry, God. Hear my cry, God. Hear my cry. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. And he heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. I'm preaching to people tonight who've let the devil torment you. You've let spirits torment you. Why don't you cry out to God and let your father get wroth and shake this earth and let the hills tremble? There is a privilege right now to cry. Hallelujah. Let's stand and lift our hands to God right now. It's your privilege. It's your privilege. It's your opportunity. It's your opportunity. He said, cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. I really believe God's going to heal some people tonight. God's going to touch some people tonight. If you'll cry out to God, God will touch you. God will touch you. Come on, let's lift our voice. Let's lift our voice. Let's lift our voice. Let's lift our voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 But preacher, you're not, I can't feel nothing right now. Then just bear with us, will you? I just can't get with you right now, preacher. Then just bear with us, will you? Just pray for us. There's times you've ran and we couldn't get with you. But there are some tonight that's got pain. There's some tonight with deep hurts. There's some tonight that life has overwhelmed them. And God wants to lead them to a rock. He wants to lead them to a rock wants to lead him to a rock he wants to lead him to a rock hallelujah 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 it's okay to cry out and say god you know i'm in trouble help me with my finances why don't we start crying out some of us are in trouble with our kids why don't we start crying out and saying, God, I've got trouble with my kids. Why don't you help me? Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Oh, let's love him. 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 Sister Elder, if you could help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
needless pains we bear all because we do not carry things to God in prayer. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Hallelujah. 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 I want to open these altars right now. I want to invite some of you to come and grab a hold of the horns of the altar and weep your way to God. I feel like some people's crying out tonight saying, God, I want you to hold me. I want you to help me. I feel like crying. Some of you may not get a thing out of this service. If you do, don't judge us. Don't judge us foolishly. But some of us need to cry. Some of us need to weep. Some of us need to pray. Some of us need to shed tears. What a friend. Oh, God. He knows every hurt. He knows every pain. He knows every wound. God, you know, I'm wanting to get in this revival, but God, it seems like I just can't run fast enough. I can't jump high enough. Maybe you need to cry. Maybe you just need to get real and say, God, help me. Help me. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me. Heal me, Jesus. Everything to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you tonight, if you've been abused, that doesn't make you less of a person. It wasn't your fault. That doesn't make you unclean. You need to let God heal that hurt. You're the child of God. You belong to God. Let Him heal you. I cried unto the Lord from the deep miry clay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you are the product of broken homes. It's okay to weep about that. Some of you don't know what it is to really be loved. Why don't you open up and let the love of God touch you? Why don't you let the love of God touch you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take it to God in prayer. with trials and temptations oh God do we ever have trials and temptations is there trouble anywhere is there trouble anywhere why don't you cry out to God and let God send a deliverer he will shield you Oh, God. He knows you like nobody knows you. 
He loves you like nobody loves you. Take it to him in prayer. 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 Take it to Jesus. Don't be ashamed of your tears. Don't be afraid of your cry tonight. God's hearing you. God's hearing you. God's hearing you. It takes a real man to weep like that, brother. It takes a real woman to weep like that, sister. Pour that heart out to him. Pour that heart out to him. Oh, God. to the Lord in prayer. Thy friends despise, forsake thee. Cry out to God about it. Take it to Him in prayer. Take it to Him in prayer.
Hallelujah. What needless pain we bear.
some of you need to believe that God really loves you. You need to accept the fact that God loves you. You accept the fact that you've got worth in the kingdom.
Great. 